The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. What a delightful episode of UFC Unfiltered. The great Boss Rutan is in studio with Matt and myself. For the entire episode, Dustin Poirier calls in. We talk. We laugh. It's fun. Chaws are dropped throughout this arena. Nobody is sitting down. Chasing that finish. Elbows raining down. Oh! On the button. Are you kidding me? Oh, he heard him again. He's out. This is UFC Unfiltered. And now, your hosts, Jim Norton and Matt Sarah. Welcome to hopefully a fine episode of UFC Unfiltered. I think it's going to be great. I was showing our guest, who's a legend, who we're going to introduce in a second. I was showing him the drink I'm drinking. You see what that says? Yes. <laughs> Straight <say>. vodka. <laughs> Kubasha. You know what I was going to say. It's not Kubasha. Am I saying it right? You're Kombucha. Right. Kombucha. Kombucha. You betcha. And it's delicious. It and it's supposed to be good for your gut health. Go ahead, Jimmy. We kept everybody in suspense enough. You didn't introduce our guest. I wanted you to because you're more professional. Boss Rutten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can we do that again? The All right, legend, let's do it again. Sorry. Former UFC champ, <laughs> former king of can- uh, pancreas. I said that right, right? Yeah, pancreas. Yes. It's like a vein or something in it, but a pancreas. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm giving you the applause either way because you deserve it. It feels like yesterday. I mean, I'm, I know I show my age. I remember when uh, when Boss won the UFC uh, uh, championship. That was the heavyweight championship back then. Yeah. Right? What was yeah, the weight? And- it was 200 pounds and over. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it was different wow. back then. Yep. Versus, uh, you know, may he, re- him rest in- may he rest in peace, um, Kevin Randleman, and, uh, who was a monster. I think it was his nickname, too, the monster. Was yep. there a, a huge weight difference between you guys? You know, actually, I had to drink uh, water had to weigh in. Otherwise, it was not going to be a title fight. That was 197. So I, I, I got off the scale. I drank all the waters from my bodies, and then I was two or three. So I guess I drank too much. What do you know? Where did he come in at that? Do you remember? Uh, 217 or something, I believe. Oh, okay. Not it's as crazy. Not that crazy big. No, bef- but, but he was crazy strong. Sure. It was before USADA, too. I'm not, I would never, you know, I'm just saying. But uh, I remember it was like yesterday uh, when he won. That's back when they had the, the logo was the... Um, was the bald guy on top of the wall, on top of the world, or something like that? So what Boss does, I know you remember, but I'm gonna, I, that's, I'm gonna show you that I'm a true fan, Boss Rootin. He took a, like a marker or something, and he drew a mustache, because he had a little mustache back then. Right or wrong? A little beard? Yeah, like a goatee well, thing. He did the goatee yeah. on, the, on, the, on, the, on the octagon floor. Yeah, that's what I did. He and did then I laid next the, to it on the ground. And he laid next to it on the ground. I remember it was like, it was yesterday, but it was wow. probably... A few years ago? <laughs> oh, don't <laughs> say it, man. 20, <laughs> 20 years ago. Isn't that weird to say? Nin- nin- 99. 99. years. Wow. It's very rare to, for me to... Because we, we have fighters on all the time, but I'm usually the old school guy. So now, 
with boss, and I'm not trying to make you feel older than you are. Uh, but then older than I don't want you to make you feel old, boss. Because God talking. knows you can. Yeah, great. <laughs> You're digging my, a hole. This will be point, a fight that I can't my, break up. My point is this: is that I get to hang out with and bullshit with a guy that I came up fight, watching when I started fighting. Yeah, that's fair to say, boss. That's crazy, right? right? Yeah. Because I remember watching back then. It wasn't like just jumping on the. We didn't have the fucking internet back then, or we just started to. But it's not like I'm going on the computer watching. Like boss fight over in it was Japan. tapes, right? I found tapes yeah. of a crazy Dutchman just not even you weren't even allowed to use a fist. He used to have to fight. This is what I'm talking about. This was Pancreas, right? Pancreas, yeah. Yes, because I know there's other events over there, rings, and everybody's had they have different rules with everything. But Pancreas, pan, pan, was it again? Pancreas, Pancreas. I don't want to say <laughs> Pancrazio. And uh, so you know, it was it was obviously a lot of Japanese fighters. Then it was a crazy big. Dutchman, and he freaking after he would just knock guys out, put them down with open hand palm strikes. Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy, do you know what that's not? I mean, yes, you can, no, it's not easy to do, Jimmy. No, it's not, boss. How much did tell us about those days? Those, how did you get involved <clears throat> with Pancrease? Because I believe that, uh, how'd that you say you, it? Fuck off, please. <laughs> Pancrease, that's what there we go. You're pretty close, yeah. Pancreas. It came out. Could you tell us when that came out compared to the first UFC? Yeah. It came out September twenty first, nineteen ninety three. I remember because well, I was came there. Out 1993? September twenty first, nineteen ninety three. NK Bay Hall was the first event two months before the UFC started. That was two months. Yeah. That's amazing. Is that amazing? Because wow. in the dressing room, Ken Shamrock was actually talking to me about the UFC. He says, "Man, I'm going to be in a cage. Uh, there's no rules. The referee can't. Man, you should do that." I go, "The referee cannot do anything." I said, "No, I'm not going to do that." So what do you mean? I said, well, if I get knocked out, I like the guy to stop. And if you have an idiot who keeps hitting you like five, six times in a row, you weren't even that's sure brain damage. Right? No, I. But, yeah. Well, there was very limited. Yeah. There was a very funny story what he said because everybody thought that eventually there was going to be like a, a fix, right? So everybody was in the dressing room. They were waiting till somebody to walk in for somebody to walk in and say, hey, okay, you're going to win, you're going to lose, you know, like that. They thought it was a little bit kind of pro wrestling. Gerard Godot came up, and then he kicked the tooth out of his opponent. They fly next to the, uh, 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 the commentators, and everybody, he said, at that moment, everybody looked at each other and go, it's real. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah no one would <laughs> sign up to have their tooth kicked out. Whoa, that was a scary moment there. Now, with the, pan with the, with the pancreas, how did you get... How did they find you? You started with, with uh, kickboxing. Yeah, you know, I, I did these uh, crazy martial arts shows. Uh, on music, we would do these uh, demonstrations. Uh, but with nunchucks, with fake nunchucks, but yeah. we would go really fast, break tests, high, like high-level stuff with the sticks, long sticks, uh, every weapon we used, and a lot of cool breaking things we did. And at one of these shows, I would come up with like backflips and then a somersault. And when, there was uh, Chris Dolman. He was uh, the head of rings in Holland at okay. the time. And he said, man, I remember you from... Uh, kickboxing and you're an animal he said and now see i see you doing all that athletic stuff what do you what do you think about free fighting that's what they call it at the time and i yeah. asked what it was and anyway he called me two months later and so he says you know you got to jump in the car you got to come now there's two guys funaki and suzuki were there from pancreas yes and they're scouting for new fighters so i went over to amsterdam i got in a scuffle with one of the rings champions mm. who was there because they were filming us uh, just doing sparring so the guy went really hard i stopped him i said dude we don't have to go hard they just want to see technique I think that he thought I was scared, so he turned it up. So I stopped him again. I go, it's, it's good, I said, but there's it? not going to be one-way traffic. This guy, you don't want to... I, he thought him, you were yeah. afraid of him. He probably thought you were afraid he of was him. Afraid, yeah, that's what he thought. So, how but then old, I told him... How old him, were you at this point? 27, okay. 38. Young man. Yeah, but still late in the game, if you yeah, think about it, right? true. But then uh, that resulted, of course, me knocking him out with a high kick. Looked very spectacular, and he needed a whole bunch of stages. I got his whole head open here. So I saw it for Suzuki pointing at me. 
And they say, we want him. And I think two, three months later, I was fighting in Japan. Well, after the second time, you said, look, we can take it easy. He kept going hard. He went harder. So I thought he, I think that he thought I was afraid. And then I told him, it's not going to be one-way traffic. You know, if you keep going, I'm going to do it back. (laughs) And then it was on, of course. Now it was a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. So when you, they, they explained it to you. So you used to the kickboxing. Did you have any ground experience when you went to Pancreas? Because it's the weirdest thing about this is these guys, they're wearing like kind of mostly like Speedos. And then they wear these big sh- uh, sh- shin guard boots, actually. Yeah, they long boots, like boots yeah. but it's the shin guards. They're shoes, wrestling shoes, shin guards, and a knee protection you have. But those rules were all for the Japanese fighters. They were really good submission guys, yes. right? So that's why I was open-hand striking, not with gloves, because then they, you know, with bare hands, it's much easier to go for rear naked chokes, all that kind of stuff. It would, you know, damp the, the kicks. The shoes were great for leg locks. They're all leg lock specialists over there. You know, when I left Pancras, three months later, they changed the rules, closed fist, everything the ah. same as in the world. I go, are you serious now? <laughs> <laughs> were you waiting? Hey, Why would you do that? In a way, though, boss, that's actually better for you, because you would lay people out with, with open. I mean, you would have done worse with the close fists, but not many people are going to say that they just leveled people with open hand palm strikes. You know what I mean? I was fighting like that as a bouncer because I uh, saw all my body Is that break what you did hands. before? Yeah, I was just on the street and I would, not with a palm, everybody thinks I hit with my hand, but I hit with the bone of my wrist and I would <laughs> aim behind your ear. You know, and that's that's the worst to get hit right there. That's your equilibrium. You immediately you're not used to it. You know, you're Im- right. used for impact from the front or from the side, but Got not me from a the title. Back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're fucking George. So, so you would uh, you were bouncing for how, how many years were you doing that? Every four years. But we were big clubs, you know, like in Holland. We were at this club that it was a really nice nightclub, and I had the street under the ground. And it was, they had an Irish pub and a Japanese thing and a, and a French uh, uh, eatery, whatever it was. It was under the ground. It was the crazy. And, all, and the stairs went down. So every time when the police came up to pick up some guys who didn't look at good anymore, they always go, hey, boss, uh, I guess he fell off the stairs again. Uh, yeah, that's right, officer. <laughs> he fell off the stairs again. So now would you drink on the job or are you not allowed to? No, 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 no. Yeah, I, I think they didn't care if you would, but uh, no, I never did that. Was it on the like learning on the job as far as with the ground work? In, in, in it was, I didn't do pretty much any ground. I had a bag. I was training on a bag two times a day, 12 rounds. That was my workout. Sometimes I would spar <clears> with <throat> my students, Thai boxing students. But since I was hitting the bag and I hit everything, I don't do jabs. Every punch is to kill. You know, I want to go <laughs> all the way. So I was dropping people with jabs and I figured, I, I can't do that either when it's my students, you know, yeah. I can knock them out. Sure. So it's very hard for me to find training. That was in Amsterdam, which is a two hour trip for me by car so you know it didn't really work out and then after my last submission loss which was a third submission loss and i drove me nuts i found this one guy leon van dyke and he really changed my life this guy was 22 super strong very good kickboxer and we just started breakdown breaking down fighting we're watching fights submissions uh tapes instructional tapes and we got obsessed with it i mean yeah. i woke up in the middle of the night making my wife uh, woke her up because I would dream a submission, I would put her in that submission. <laughs> I would say, she's, oh, it hurts. I say, yeah, it's your shoulder, it's hurting, right? Yeah, okay, see, it's a shoulder lock. And, I, and the next time I would try it out on my uh, partners in the gym. But you know what? Like anything else, if you work hard, I never lost a fight anymore. I won my next eight fights by submission. 
So they were like, what the heck is going on? But you have to understand, like I said, you know, I will wake up in the middle of the night. My whole house was yes. full of po I got obsessed with it. You did. I realized it was such a cool sport in the beginning. I remember this stupid remark I one time make against, uh, made against uh, Frank Shamrock. You know, he fell on the ground and he's inviting me <laughs> to stand up or to come to the ground. And I go, come on, man, stand up, fight like a man. And when I hear myself say that right now, I go, that was an idiot move. Because if you think about it, with your submission game, you can break dislocate anything in the human body. That's Amen. a way bigger power to have than, than knocking somebody out. That's yeah. amazing right? that you're saying that. It's, I, I like that because this is one of the most feared strikers ever, Jimmy, yeah. ha hanging out next to us. And for you to say that is, uh, is, is an amazing thing. And it's no, very true. I mean... <laughs> But, yeah. but look at my record now. I got 14 submission victories, 11 knockouts. I actually came out with more submission victories than knockouts because I just loved it so much. And what are your black belts in? I think you have three black belts? Yeah, I have a taekwondo second degree, a karate second degree, and I have an honorary fifth degree that I got from John Blooming, who is the highest decorated one after Mazoyama. Uh, he's 11th degree, I believe, in Kyokushin. Well, what happened there was we were walking on the street with a bunch of fighters, and um, and we see suddenly we hear hybrid wrestling, pancreas, and we look at the wall, and I've seen the biggest the biggest screen I've ever seen. I mean, the whole wall is full of a screen, and the first thing we see is me knocking out my first opponent that September 21st fight. We go, oh my God, it's the preview for tomorrow. So I'm watching the preview. John Blooming stands behind me, the 11 degree guy, and suddenly I see a guy standing in half guard, and he grabs the heel like for an inverted heel hook, and he falls back, and the guy taps, and I look at him, and I go, man. I got to remember that move. That's a cool move. So the next day I'm fighting and I'm in that position. I go, what the heck? You know, I'll just try it. So I grabbed it, but I never did it before. Yeah. And because I never did it before, I had no clue how much pressure I would put up. Snapped a shin bone in half. Yeah, not at that moment we heard it snap. Well, that, that's when you still had the shoes on with that stuff? Yeah, oh that's why you have so nice. much traction. So, that is near, that's really nice. So you snapped his shin bone. Snapped his shin bone, and then I he, uh, the 11th degree, gave me an honorary fifth degree. He said, I, you know, you told me yesterday that you thought it was a cool move. You never practiced it, and you win a fight with it. And that's why I got the fifth Were degree. Were you a fourth degree before that? <clears throat> no, no. A fifth degree is an honorary thing that oh, you're getting. Oh, yeah, okay. Fun of them. It's so funny, because they do call like jujitsu the gentle art, but it could be very gentle. You could take somebody down, not hurt them at all. Uh, or... You know, if they wronged you, you could take them down and take each limb off. <laughs> you know you what I mean? You can do whatever you want. As yeah. long as you have that control. Yeah. It's, a, it's a, a beautiful thing. How did that lead to you getting into the UFC now? John Peretti, he was the matchmaker yes. at the time. And he, he hurt me. And I, I was beating guys <laughs> like uh, uh, Murray Smith was doing really, really well in the UFC. Yes. Kai Mesker was doing really well. All these guys that came yes. over and I would beat them in Japan. So then Peretti came over and he says, hey, you're beating the guys over there. You know, I, we would love to have you in the UFC. And I always wanted to come up with the UFC theme song. I thought that was, that was literally, I swear to you, that was the main reason for me going to the UFC. Remember that? Very old, it's like a video game-ish sound. It was awesome. And it worked out. Now, after I, now, refresh my memory. What happened after the fight when you got the title? Did you fight again? No, I, the first one was against uh, Kosaka, Chiyoshi Kosaka. Oh, that's right. That's and right. Uh, yeah, and then the setup was uh, Maurice Smith was going to face Kevin Rendleman, and then I was going to face the winner of that. 
So there was like a, f a small, short four-man tournament because yeah. actually this was where the heavyweight title got established. That's right. It was heavyweight, and I believe they called it middleweight, under 200 pounds. That yes. was Frank. Frank was the champion in that. There was no lightweight for a, a while. Yep. Yeah, I remember when they just came up with that lightweight division. It's so funny how, how far we've come. And now they're talking about another one, which Poirier is calling it a possible fight with Nate at 165. No, wait, is this true? Did you hear about this, boss? No. What's going on? Can you yeah, tell us so what's going on? Because Last night, Nate Diaz tweeted. Obviously, they're still they're looking for a main event for UFC 230 at the Garden. That's November 3rd. Nate is fighting Dustin at lightweight. Last night, Nate tweeted, or Tuesday night, I guess people are listening. Nate tweeted that he's so excited they're bringing a new division to the UFC. Finally, this is great, the 165-pound title. Is that true? Dustin Poirier tweeted, here we go. Like, it's on. That is not an that is not an official thing. Wait, we can ask Dustin what. But it, ma it makes about. sense though to get Nate because they're not giving him Connor. It makes sense to get him in against Poirier to give him a title shot at something, and also but, to give but, Poirier wait, wait, a shot but at the title. Also, I'm sorry, but also, is that true about the 165? No, now? it is not. It is oh, not an so, that is not an official thing. Now, whether they've had conversations behind the scenes, I don't know. But that's not an official thing according to. But I've it is to official that they're fighting. Oh they're yeah, 100 percent fighting. Yes. So we thought it's at 155. He threw out that thing with the 165, and Dustin jumped on it. But what so, sounded you know. weird is if the what I seen it the thing with Nate with Nate and it right. said the division I'm like oh what's it going to be called and he said and it's called like the super fight division is that right yeah so I guess I'm like wait a minute yeah and they're still looking for a oh a Jacare Branch is the uh, co-main no 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 the, there's no uh, oh. power order yet I guess because Brunch, oh my God Israel uh, Adesanya against Derek Brunson that's a great fight it's a great fight. Uh, wow, so Nate card. said, uh, he said, I'm happy to announce that I'm bringing a new weight division to the UFC. I'll be fighting the main event November 3rd in New York City against Dustin Poirier for the first ever 165 belt super fighter division. Well, that, that's I'm happy what to throws, be a part of history. Well, that's what throws me off there with the whole yeah. super, super fighter, the super fighter division. Yeah. I mean, so that sounds like, like bullshit. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is not. Maybe they know. don't know what they're going to call it yet. Well, maybe it's not even a. Is it not even a new weight no, class? No, there is no new weight. That's what I'm saying. Like these guys kind of put it out. Maybe they're trying to put pressure on Dana to like make a choice yeah. about it. But that is not an official. Lando Venata's on that card, of course. Uh, Rockhold Wyman. That's a great card. At the yeah. Garden. Uh, I want to ask Boss his opinion, and you know where I'm going with this. Everybody knows where I'm going with this. Khabib versus Connor. Oh, uh, I know. Are you sick of answering this? You know, it's a, because it's a very hard fight. It's the punchiest chance I go. Yeah, that's know? Re that really is it, though. Yeah. I mean. Is he able to survive down there with Khabib? I hold Khabib's grappling in very high regard. Sure. I just watched a clip of the, of the other day on YouTube with all his takedowns, and they're beautiful. And it, and and he's and he's just a, a gorilla. But it, it really is that opening that first because I can't see him knocking him out late because I don't know how he's going to survive on the floor. And once he's on the floor and he puts a lot of pressure on him, it's going to wear him out as well. Constantly attacking the body, go for the head, elbows. I mean, everything is going to be there. It's very hard. He's going to have five stand-ups pretty much, right? That's where he starts, but that, that's about it. And Khabib, he's going to stay busy. Now, Habib, sometimes he gets hit in, in the in. fight before he starts taking people Early down. first round, right? yeah. And we know Conor, man, he can really hit. He's got and really finished. good accuracy. Oh, so if, it, if he connects with it, he could stop him. But, you know, if you have to put money on it, you go like the safer bet would be, you know, if it goes to the ground, which we know by now pretty much every fight is going to the ground. You know, when you look back at Mendes, the fight, who came in yeah. unprepared, only like 10-day camp or whatever he had, and he was already fishing and eating and doing everything, yeah. so he was not in the greatest shape. But he, he easily 
took him down the first round. So listen, I'm a huge Gunner fan. I'm, I really I love the guy, yeah. and, um, and 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 I hope he's pulling it up. But then again, you know, so is Habib. He's a really great guy as well. So if to Although, me, it doesn't matter. Connor's takedown defense, which again, that's not the same as as Habib, but uh, against Nate was pretty good in the second fight, and also against Eddie Alvarez can was I, pretty good. Can I point something out? Sure. And he did it the other day about Eddie Alvarez, which you just brought up. Uh, yeah, he worked him over, obviously. That was like as much as a one-sided fight as you can get. But even in that, at one point, Eddie had him up against the fence. Yep. At one point. Yeah. Now, Eddie, Eddie's, Eddie's great. Eddie's tough. Eddie's, Eddie's a, a grinder. But Eddie is, there's a difference between Eddie and Khabib as far as having you up against yes. the fence. I very rarely see people get away from up the, against the fence with, with, uh, with Khabib. I don't. I honestly don't think that he'd be able to get up if he put him down. But until he's able to time Connor, and that might take a few minutes of the first round for him to time his punches and no one to shoot in, I do think Connor has a shot at knocking him out. That's it. Yep. If he lands it, I mean, he could hit. We know. That's got to be a lot of a lot of just pressure on Connor. In a sense, I mean, pressure for everybody. Obviously, it's the fight, but he knows if he doesn't hit that mark. That he's gonna have this fucking gorilla on him, and uh, I bet he comes out and throws a kick. I'll bet it. that's the first thing he does because nobody should throw a kick against Khabib. I bet you that's the first thing he does. Yeah, yeah well, maybe I'll take that bet. Yeah, I'll bet he does it because because <laughs> I, I don't think Khabib will be we uh, will be I, even if he doesn't plan on hitting him with it. Even if he even if he does it as soon as the bell rings before they're in the middle, just to th- to say I'm not afraid to to throw a kick. I, I, I remember I, I said that. I see Khabib yeah. going low, no, I think you're right. shooting early, and just drive, drive, driving through the cage. I mean, listen, you could just, we could speculate all day long. It's very exciting. Well, there's such opposite, there's such opposite <laughs> styles of fighting. That's why it's interesting. The, Matt, the thing, well, though, he's accuracy. Sorry, he has no, accuracy with his hands, and I'm pretty sure that he has it with his knees as well. And if he starts threatening, like you know, Habib is in front of him, and every time just your back leg for him, his left leg, he, like he knees. You know, even if it's just in the air, just give him the illusion that when you're going to shoot in, I'm yeah, going to yeah. catch your head on my knee you see what I mean that might stop the takedown but then again you know once you plant your feet in order to knock somebody out that's the moment Habib's probably going to go for the takedown that doesn't happen that once in a while I I guess I'm thinking uh, Weidman uh, Romero uh, was the last time I saw that has it has that happened a lot since then? A guy getting knocked out coming in. I'm sure it does happen it's also when you're shooting to the the opposite side and and plus if it's it's, even if it's not happening it's planting a seed in the head that it could. Right? So if you're a fighter and you want to go for a takedown and you see at the moment you make a move, suddenly the knee comes up, you're going to go, oh, I got to watch out. It might stop him in his track. Right. Do you remember the first time we met? Probably not. Probably not. Where was it? Because it I- was in Japan. I was 25 years old <laughs> and, I was, and you were doing the commentary and you were asking about me and this and that. It was me and Henzo in the locker room. And then my opponent got set on fire. Oh, you remember that? Yeah, because I smelled it. <laughs> I smelled the hair. He uh so 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 that's that my 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 Why was he set was, on fire? Pyrotechnics. Oh, it went wrong. Yeah. He stepped a little bit too too much forward. <laughs> he should have waited until they went off. And then he could walk. And we see it, we go and we see him falling back and I go, "Was that what uh, I think it is?" And I go, Oh yeah, we Man. got him. And I was burnt flesh, burnt hair. So he couldn't fight. No, he oh, couldn't no. fight. So. I think he got 250k for that, right? I, he got. I don't think a lot less. I think he. I think he was upset about what he got. He settled for something, which maybe felt great for a guy from the favelas, but <laughs> fucking, I don't think it worked out great for him. But uh, your 1500, was, your 1500 show. I'm gonna make it 5,000 for you. Imagine. Oh my God! Are we king of the world? <laughs> it was bad. He had he had some he had some tough luck after that, man. I was so bummed out because that was gonna be my debut. Yeah. And it's just weird the way things turn out because I was 25 at the time. That didn't work out. I was in shape. I go, oh, let me try. Um, 
There's that Abu Dhabi uh, trials in Indiana. So I took a ride out to that old. You remember the hook and shoot fight? Yeah, yeah, I remember so Jeff. I did the uh, yeah Jeff Osborne. Yeah, what a nice guy. I took a ride out there with a couple of my buddies. Did an eight man tournament. I won that shit and I got to Abu Dhabi. Won UFC found me and I went that route. Yeah, so and became UFC Isn't champion. Hey, hey! Boss. thank you. Boss. <laughs> I remember you on Kimmel, right? Was it Kimmel? It the was late night Greg show. Ferguson. Oh, Greg Ferguson. It yeah. was hilarious. You're sitting there. You go, oh, hey, <laughs> just did it. Oh man, yeah, that was my that was my movie. I was done after that. As far as anything else after that, like knocking out Frank Trick, that was just the like the cherry on top. Yeah. You know, I feel that was like a I nice knew. aside. I feel, yeah, I, I like if I, it was a movie of my life, which is probably not going to be, it would end with me winning that. And then like with those words, they would just be like, oh yeah, and then he lost the rematch type of shit. They wouldn't like focus on that. No. It wasn't as fun as UFC no. 69. You winning was more fun. <laughs> you know what's great though? It's hard to walk away. Boss was 41. When he had his last fight versus this big... 42 in, even, yeah. By 42. Wow. I, I was close. Look at that. Yeah. I know his career. Yeah, Who's your losses for 42? Is that Little Dog 42? You know, I felt great. I, I felt really good physically. Oh, I, all my injuries came back, and that's why I had to stop. I thought they were gone, but then after four weeks of training, they started coming back with a vengeance. He fought a... a he fought a... He fought a... First of all, weight difference. And it was awesome to watch. And Kevin James was in his corner, and he fought uh, this... Oh, you know this, Kevin that long. Yeah, I know it took Kevin 21 years. What was the guy's name you fought? Big Indian, uh, Indian. Yeah, American uh, Indian. What is it? Uh, Warpath. Fucking War Dude, he, his name was Warpath? Yeah, yeah. He looked like Warpath from the comic book. I'm sorry, <laughs> from X-Force. He, dude, Warpath, he fits the name. Huge. How big was that, dude? Yeah, it was 265 or something. Wait, was Kevin training? No, listen, Kevin was there with me uh, all the way, every single day. I had Ryan Parsons. It was the first time in my life I had a dietitian uh, uh, taking care of my food. I never did that. I just ate pizza, drank beer, and, you know. But I figured I'm going to do this right now. And that's why I felt so good. And it was a really fun moment. And I'm saying this because Kevin shows it to everybody else. He thinks it's the most hilarious moment. So I had a rib out, right? So what I do, I keep my hands on my body because now I give him the option to hit my head. So I, almost do, I always do that. If I want you to hit my head, I keep my hands low. If I put my hands really high. That means please hit my body. You know, I'm trying to bait you. If I do it in the middle, I don't give him an option. So now it's a free sure. shoot for him. So why would I do that? So I put my arm to protect my, my rib cage. And Kevin is constantly, but he doesn't know that I'm doing that because I'm injured. So he's shouting, keep your hands up, keep your hands up. And you see this moment in the fight where I, I get sick of him saying that too many times. And I see me stepping two steps back and I put my hand up to him and I go, I got it. Don't that, worry. That's great. And that's Kevin, great. hilarious. He goes, oh my God, that moment. You I became it. so small. It was oh, hilarious. Yeah. That is, uh, now I'm, I'm not, I, cause Kevin is a big fan of MMA. He's yeah. Good friends with Chris Weidman. And I know Kevin a long time, but I didn't know that he, I guess he trains now. He trained there. That's how, you know, oh, he did I, train within then. three months when I was in America, he used to, he and you know, Joe Rogan, they were roommates apparently, and they would watch all the Pancras fights. Oh. And then when he found out I was at the Beverly Hills Jiu-Jitsu Club, he just started his first season for the King of Queens. I, I literally visited him in his apartment, one bedroom apartment that he shared with his brother. That's how he started. Uh, Gary. Yeah, with Gary. Yeah. And, uh, and, and boy, same guy, never changed a bit. Ah, the same people that he has around him there. Yeah. You know, they were on the set. Kevin can wait. Every move he tries to bring him to. What a great guy. He's a, he's a really good guy. Yep. Guys like Rock Rubin and, and those friends of his that are yep. around that right. He has, yeah, he has a great group of people around he's him. He's working out with uh, Ray Longo now and Chris Wyman and them. He's close with them. Is he? Here. Yeah, when he's out here. Yeah. Is he a, is he a jiu-jitsu black belt? Listen, or he... you, you'll be amazed. Uh, no, he's not. But he, his striking, when I came back the very first time from striking, uh, teaching him striking, I remember my wife saying, I go, he's big. 
But dude, this guy's fast and powerful, and he listens to everything you say. If you say, ah, oh, you know, turn a little bit more to the right because you have a better load up for a counter, but whatever I say, he would do it immediately. His high hand eye coordination is sick. Like his golf game is sick. I mean, I believe ah. that he beat Tiger Woods one time. There was one down toe that Tiger had to hit with one club, use one club, and he could use all the clubs. Still, he beat Tiger Woods in that game. You know, I'm usually not psyched to do a new read. No one is psyched to do a new read for a sponsor. You do them. This time, I can honestly tell you, I was psyched. It's so delicious, Jimmy. Hold on. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't tell them what it was, but they're going to hear what it was. I'm dangling one because I bought it myself coming in because I didn't know they were going to be a sponsor. RX bars, I've been yapping about these things for a year. They send them to my house sometimes. Was that from you that they sent them? No. I got them too. They're I all got them in my house, too, oh, did you? Oh, okay, it's probably so from, yes, this from this podcast. From this podcast, and I appreciate it because they are delish. You guys didn't even have to do I buy them anyway. It's a whole food protein bar. Now, what does that mean? These bars are made with real whole ingredients. They want to be very transparent with their customers, so they label the core ingredients, egg whites, dates, nuts, on the front of the package and the flavor components on the back. Real unsweetened chocolate, coconut, apples. Everyone I've talked to said these bars are clean. Um... How did they start in 2013? They called BS on protein bars. They could not find a bar out there that wasn't full of uh, artificial ingredients, fillers, general BS and preservatives. So they set out to create a bar with a few simple, clean ingredients where every ingredient serves a purpose. Uh, They're great because they are breakfast on the go. It's a great snack at the office to push you through your 3 p.m. slump. And I do this all the time when I fly. You know what I do? You hear that? RX bar on the plane. RX bars are delicious, Jimmy. Uh, they really are. They're my favorite thing. I snack on the plane because plain food is garbage. Throw it in your backpack for a back. You know, throw it in your backpack. Well, you know, put it in anything that holds something. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you where to put these. It's your business. Egg white protein stands out as a source of protein. It's easy for your body to absorb. And RX bars, they come in 14 delicious flavor varieties. Mango pineapple, which I've never had. Chocolate hazelnut, I've had. It's delicious. delicious. Peanut butter and berries, I've never had. Chocolate sea salt is exactly yes. what I have yes. right here. Break it open. Let's share it. No. We're going to go nose to nose and then kiss. <laughs> Coconut chocolate is one of my favorite. Mixed berries is delicious. Blueberries, delicious. Maple sea salt, phenomenal. Apple cinnamon, phenomenal. Mint chocolate, phenomenal. Chocolate chip, I almost bought that one today, but opted for the sea salt. I'm eating one now, Jimmy. Peanut butter, peanut butter chocolate, and coffee chocolate. This incredible. I truly love these. Uh, I would have to say either chocolate sea salt or um, the chocolate chip is amazing. Or uh, what, what, I'm looking for the name of the- uh, They're the, all good, Jimmy. The, uh, the coconut. Really chocolate, good. Coconut chocolate. Those are my favorites. So I'm not going to pick one. 25% off your first order. Go to rxbar.com. Just the letters rx. rxbar.com slash unfiltered. Enter promo code unfiltered at checkout to get 25% off- I'm not just doing this because they're a sponsor. Like, I, I genuinely eat these things every day, and I love them. I believe you, Jimmy. After a stressful game, it's only natural to need some well-deserved rest. Upgrade your current sleep situation because Mattress Firm is offering the best bed deal of the year. Get a king bed for a queen price or a queen bed for a twin price for savings of up to 700 bucks. Plus, take home a free adjustable base up to a $699 value. That's $699 for free. 
You'll only find these deals during Mattress Firm's Memorial Day sale. So don't miss your chance to start sleeping like a pro. Shop now at mattressfirm.com slash sale. There's nothing worse than being uncomfortable in bed. It's it's horrible. You're not rested the next day. You suck at work. Mattress Firm's Memorial Day sale is offering the best bed deal of the year. Save up to $700 when you get a king bed for a queen price or a queen bed for a twin price plus Take home a free adjustable base that's up to a $699 value free. Visit mattressfirm.com slash sale for more details. What up, everybody? This is CJ McCollum from the Portland Trailblazers. And here's a little taste of what we talked about on this week's Pull Up podcast. Very special mini post-Game 7 episode of Pull Up, an epic Game 7 in Denver. 37 points back-to-back essentially closeout buckets. Why were you so successful last night? I think it just really came down to my demeanor and mindset. Empty the clip, leave nothing out there. I wanted to say I did everything in my power and I left all my bullets out there on the court and didn't bring anything home. How do you shift to a completely new animal, an absolute monster in the Warriors? In the playoffs, it just comes down to X's and O's and execution more so than anything else. The Warriors aren't going to run a lot of plays. They're going to run a lot of misdirection out of timeouts and late clock situations. But most of it's going to be mid-pick and roll. It's going to be pin downs and flares and things of that nature for Clay and Steph in a lot of transition. So you have to guard the three-point line, get back in transition, and make it as difficult as possible on them. Don't forget to pull up. Subscribe and listen every week on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. Dustin Poirier. What's up? Hey, buddy, you're talking to uh, uh, Jim Norton and Matt Sarah and Boss Rutten. Boss, what's going down? Doing good, my friend. How you doing? Good, doing great. Nice. Now, you guys, uh, right now, we've we're, we're been talking before you came on about you and uh, Nate kind of going back and forth. Yeah, we're confused about something. Yeah. Now, is, is this 165 new weight class fighting for a title, is that something you guys are hoping catches on, or is there is there something behind that? Uh, no, nah, I think it will happen, man. We'll, we'll see. But I feel like it, it has a good chance of happening. Well, right. Either, I, I honestly think 65 is... is uh, it should be 62, I think. But we'll see, man. I just have a good feeling about it. But I think it should be 162, you know? Why 162? Because uh, then they don't, I don't feel they have to uh, bump 70 to 175 or anything. You know, I feel like the average man size is around that welterweight, lightweight, you know, around that. So I think... I just feel like 162 is is in between those two weight classes, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I just it just I just think that's that's a better weight for for in between class. So wait, you think they would bump welterweight to 75 if they do this at 65? Well, I don't think they're going to have a weight class every you know five pounds yeah. like that. I think that's too close. Okay, 62 and a half will be exactly the middle. But then again, <laughs> right. If, right. They, if they push it to 75. Then what do they do with uh, middleweight? Do they move that up? Well, that just stays at 185. No, then it would be every, every it would be every 10 every pounds. Every 10 pounds, okay. 55, 65, 75, 85. You'd All have right. to add a 95. You'd it's have to just confusing. So, and speaking of confusing, but as of right now, you guys are definitely fighting. You and Nate are set to fight, correct? We are. Well, we're fighting. Oh, that's awesome. But we're not exactly sure at the weight, either 155 or this new weight right. division. Yeah, just, just staying by the phone and uh, staying ready and... Pretty much, you know, nothing changes for me. If I'm yeah. cutting to 55, I'm going to pretty much do the same. If, if we go to 62 or 65, I'm going to do the same. So, Which do you prefer? You say you don't care, but there's got to be one that you're a little, a little easier for you. Um, you know, 
I can't believe I used to cut to 145, man. 50, <laughs> 55 isn't easy anymore, honestly. And uh, I think 62 would, would be better for me because I can stay there. I think 65 over over time, guys, you know, big guys are going to start cutting a lot and making that cut. And uh, 62 would be more, you know, I, I can I can make a career there. You know what was interesting the other day? I don't. Did you see the press conference, uh, Dustin, between uh, Khabib and Connor? I wasn't. I was at the gym. I wasn't watching live, but I've seen all the highlights. Well, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen or heard, but um, in the midst of all that craziness, <clears throat> Connor gave yourself and Nate Diaz quite the compliments. He was uh, quite complimentary of you guys. Did you hear about that? Yeah, yeah. People tagged me in the video. What'd you think of that? Uh. I mean, dude, this this is a a fighter's fight. If you're a fan of fighting, if you're a fighter, this is a this is a fight you want to see. Yeah. And uh, I just I think that speaks for the um what me and Nate bring to the table and the kind of matchup this fight's going to be. But then again, he's also said nice things about Habib, and he thinks he was going to be the champion. I think he was saying that when uh, when when he was scheduled to fight Ferguson. So I mean, he's he's complimented Habib too, but then when he has to fight you, he just says nothing but horrible shit. <laughs> right, right, right. But uh. If you're not a fan of this fight, you're not a fan of fighting, you know? Yeah, and you guys are, are pushing to be the main event. And uh, Do you think that they would uh, bump you up to the main event, or is there something else they're working on that they haven't announced? I've heard so much stuff they're working on, and so many things fall through in this last week. I'm trying to stay focused on my camp and not get stressed out with all that stuff. But if I'm main event, then, then great. If not, you know, still a huge fight in, in, in my career. So I'm happy to win. Buddy, your fight with uh, Gaethje was amazing. Let me ask you, the next day, you were walking around okay or no? How was your leg? Yeah, no, I was. I couldn't even <laughs> bend my leg to get in the, in the plane. I thought I was going to have to uh, stay in Arizona for a couple of days until the swelling went down. You know how tight those seats are. Oh, man. Your boy's not fi- flying in the front of the plane. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, I'm with you, buddy. I'm no fancy pants <laughs> there either. Because I usually sleep anyway. I don't even like to upgrade. I'm like, and then once I do, a couple of times I did the... Uh, the first class, I don't do it often because, I, like I said, it, it's too expensive. And because I, I usually sleep, and one time I went there and I, I spend the money, I'm like, oh, I'm going to enjoy this. I, I didn't like the meal, so I'm like, oh, can I have the other thing? Nah, we, we ran out of those. I don't even think I got a hot cloth. I'm oh, like, this first is class? Bullshit. Yeah, sometimes they run out of the meals. <laughs> I'm like, because I almost like expect like some exciting stuff to happen. I want to enjoy it so much because I paid more, and it's just the right. same shit. Whatever. All right, let's get back yeah, to the fight. As long as you, can, you can stretch out and keep the beers coming. You'll be all right. That's true. I'm five six. I don't need a lot of space. No, but I, I actually I had a uh, I tore my quad in that fight. Gagey oh, tore my quad with inside leg kicks. I had a slight tear and the muscle kind of slid up, so my leg was damaged pretty good, man. Oh damn, man. Wow. Yeah, crazy. It's the worst, especially if you drink afterwards. You know, after the fight, let's get a few beers. I, I have hold some some trips from Japan coming back after getting knee barred by Ken. Not very <laughs> funny. Oh, dude, my knees so thick as I don't know. You know, because you had been drinking the day before, it's not a smart thing to do. Don't drink when you have to travel. Trust me. Why is that? Right. What Plus, yeah, the elevation the and all that up. stuff up oh, there. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Now, if you win this fight, do you think that this puts you uh, for the winner of uh, Conor Khabib? I think I'm, I'm. I could have sat out and waited for that, but that I, you know, I'm not that kind of guy. That's why I took this fight. Well, I, that's um, that's why I started to interrupt you. But when when they said possible, I was wondering how did they get you to take this fight? Because possibly, you know, again, it, it's not to jinx it, but it's a it's a risk for you to take. It was like when Frankie fought Brian Ortega. So the fact that you're taking this fight instead of sitting it out shows that they must have dangled something in front of you. So when when it was said maybe it was a 165 belt, that made sense. Right. That would make it even more worth it. But uh. 
you know, I, I just, I feel like I get better going through these camps and working on stuff and, and, you know, I, I just keep evolving as a fighter every, every training camp and every time I get a, a test and this fight just made sense to me. You know, there's not many fights I would have took, but this one, when they called me with this one, I just made sense. Nate's a guy, I've been a fan of him and his brother for so long. And, um, this is a legacy fight for me. You know, this is just something I want to do. So I'm excited about it. Uh, what are your thoughts on Eddie Alvarez possibly leaving the UFC? You know, I, um, I don't really like Eddie, but I know he has a family and, uh, you know, I wish him the best. I, I, I hope he goes out and makes as much money as he can and, and has a great, you know, rest of his career or whatever happens with him. I, I wish him the best, man. Were you, were you guys able to talk backstage and work anything out? Uh, we, we, we had a few words, but, uh, you know, nothing. We didn't sit down and really talk about everything or anything like that, you know. Were they just kind of like after the fight, you both just saying something nice to each other that it didn't go any deeper than that? Yeah, it didn't really go any deeper than that. I, uh, I was kind of a jerk to his boxing coach. So I kind of, I told him, Hey, you know, cause me and me and Mark Henry have history. I've worked with him before and, and came out to Jersey and helped Frankie a long time ago. And, uh, oh. so I just told him no hard feelings. You know, I was just in the moment and upset with, with everything Eddie was saying and, uh, shook hands and that was it. And what do you think about, what are you expecting out of Nate? Cause it's been a while. I mean, I think the last time he fought was there was a rematch with Connor. So what are you expecting out of him? Um, you know, I, he doesn't really change a whole lot. He's, I'm expecting good jiu-jitsu, good boxing, uh, uh, a tough pace, um, a lot of volume. You know, if you go back and watch his last eight fights or whatever you want to do, it's pretty much the same guy, you know? Um, and he had been holding out for a third fight with Connor. At least that's what he said. Dana had told us that he had turned down every fight they had offered him, and they had offered him a lot. Um, so what do you think it was that, that uh, get him to agree to fight you? What do you think it was that enticed him to fight you? I, I don't exactly know, but I did hear somebody saying that he had wanted to fight Eddie Alvarez. Him and Eddie Alvarez had got into some something, uh, maybe in Mexico or something, and, and then whenever I beat Eddie for the second time, he said, all right, this is the guy I'm fighting. So well, maybe I, they I, told I, I, him, maybe the UFC told him, you know, that if he wins this fight, he can fight the winner from Habib and uh, McGregor. Yeah. Maybe so. Because if they offered him a whole bunch of fights and he didn't take it, but he takes this one, see what I mean? I don't know. That's a great, great point because they might say the winner, they might have told Nate, like, we're doing a fight before that the winner of that fight gets the winner. Yeah. Well, of, that would make sense, too. So. Um, yeah. I mean, would it, though, would it make total sense? I mean, I mean, without uh, Tony Ferguson. <laughs> now, now, Dustin, you, you're, you're such a professional, so, I mean, this is going to be. I think I know the answer to this, but does it make a difference? Like, let's say you're fighting the winner between uh, Khabib and uh, Connor. Does it make a difference to you, or is it? Do you have a? I mean, I know you have a, a, a horse in that race because you, you. Is there any? Do, is there any feeling that you want to get a little redemption with Connor? Because you've been on a tear since different weight class. You're basically a different guy, putting people away. Never looked better. Like you said, you've evolved. Is there anything in you saying you want to, like, man, let's run this back at 155. Let me show you what I'm about. Or do you not give a shit and just say, ah, whoever? Yeah, I'm kind of on the fence with that one. I don't really care. I, uh, I would love to have a huge fight with Khabib and be the first guy to beat him, you know, put that first loss on his record. That would be huge to me. But also, at the end of the day, we fight for money, and I feel like a fight with Connor yeah. would, uh, you know. Get you a lot of money. A lot of cash from me. <laughs> exactly. So. And the red panties, yeah. right? Either, either <laughs> opportunity is incredible, you know? Yeah. 
that would be two birds with one stone. You get, you know, get all that cash and you get the, you know, get a little redemption. How do you think those yeah. guys match up? I keep going back and forth these last few weeks. I um, think Khabib's going to do it, then I think Connor's going to do it. Right now, I'm at the, I'm at the point where I think if it, I'm going off of rounds. I think if it's under under two rounds, I think it's Connor. I think if it goes past ten ten minutes, you know, I think uh, Khabib might start. I don't know, you know, riding him out, getting getting positions and stuff like that. Yeah, I Connor's think they... a great he's a great athlete and he understands fighting. So I mean, it's going to be tough to get him down. I do think that, but um, his mat grappling, I think that takes years to uh, you know to, to to get good at and to get great at and Khabib is great at it. So uh, I think that's where if the takedowns do happen, the positional part after the takedowns are, are established is where the fight's going to be won or lost for Khabib. He's wrestling bears at nine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Right. You don't get that six months in the camp. Now you fought Connor, <laughs> I guess it was four years ago. Now what was it, there as much of him being as psychologically good at fighting before the fight as he does now? Oh, for sure. Definitely. Did it get to you at all? Yeah, back then I didn't think it did, but looking back at it, you know, uh, it definitely did. Uh, so I'm wondering, because I watched the press conference with Khabib, and it seemed like he was, like, he fed into it where he shouldn't have. He got defensive mm -hmm. about the picture with Vladimir Putin and let me explain, and I was, like, surprised that he kind of fed back into that. I'm like, fucking Connor may have found a way into his head. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right, but, I mean, competing and, and performing is is... You know, sitting at a press conference and thinking about stuff a guy's saying and then turning all that off and going out there and, and competing is a whole different thing. You know, I uh, I had trouble doing that, you know, turning it off and, and competing. It could be my not. We'll see. That's what makes this, this matchup and everything so so interesting. Yeah, I think Eddie Alvarez had a bit of a, a tough time turning it off. And definitely Jose Aldo had a tough time turning it off. Uh, I guess it just makes you so anxious to, to, to hurt him, right? This is a thing. Exactly. Like, uh, we uh, with uh, Rousey, you remember when uh, with Holm? Rousey got very angry at the weigh-in. Yeah. She lost her cool. Friend of mine says she's going to lose. This never happened before, right? Okay, so, and she lost. Then we went to McGregor and Diaz, and he, McGregor got angry. He hit his hand away, remember? Yeah. Suddenly he hits his hand away, and he goes, he's going to lose, and he lost. Huh. You see, so I think psychological warfare works really well, but I think that he got to him, Diaz got to him, and then it misfired. Miyamoto Musashi would do all these things. He knows to control right. off the equilibrium. He would show up late, then he would show up early, like hours early, let's do it now. You know, constantly he was trying to mess with the psyche from an opponent. And if you get him angry, yeah, they really want to hurt you. And that's where people start loading up and they start showing, they start telegraphing and that's when you get knocked out. So if, if Abib can turn it up and get inside his head, you know, I want to see what happens then. Doesn't it seem like Nate's a hard guy to get into his head. Nate seems virtually impenetrable as far as getting into him. I'm sure it's possible, yeah. but he, he doesn't show well, it. Just look at that picture we're looking at right yeah. now at Nate. <laughs> that face, that's his happy face, that's his down face, that's his everything face. Sit on Christmas morning right there. Look. Yeah. So, so Dustin, what have you changed that kind of enables you to not fall prey to that again? I think just going through it, you know? Um, yeah, just going through it. <laughs> You know, I've been there before. I've uh, and I know none of that matters. I know none of that matters. Just being a more mature, just being, a, you know, just growing. I'm laughing, Dustin, because speaking of people talking shit, I remember I was gonna say Bobby Kelly. Who's the? Which one did you fight? Bobby Green. That Bobby guy Kelly. was Bobby. Bobby Kelly. It wasn't about different weight no. classes. Bobby Green was talking shit as he was hit. As he was getting uh, lit up, 
he was talking shit going down as he was falling down. Right or wrong, Dustin? Right, right, yeah. Wasn't he saying? What's he saying? That ain't shit. You could. What was he? What was he saying? Do you remember? I, I, I think he was telling me I can't punch. You can't punch like like no, I have no power. You know, no, no, I can't crack or something. And yeah. uh, he dropped his hands and I hit him with a left hook while he was saying that, and he went down. Oh, dude, <laughs> there's nothing more satisfying. And I, and that's a nice kid too, by the way, Bobby Green. He, you know, I think he. Yeah, actually, the, me and him spoke after the fight, and he he was a uh, a really nice guy. You'd be surprised because sometimes you see people's antics or see people what they do in that cage or in the ring and you're like i don't like this guy that kid's a sweetheart of a kid but there are yeah. there are videos on youtube of people talking shit and getting knocked out there's something about a guy talking shit and oh, getting no. knocked out it's right great. after which is yep. really fun to watch <laughs> oh it's fucking great especially if you're the one knocking him out that's gonna feel great <laughs> my friend oh, yeah. was in uh and what was it in canada and this guy came up this black guy had all his friends and he came up as the angel of death right he had this Big cape and all his friends, they were like uh, upper body, were worked up, like all pumped up. Yeah. They're walking with candles, you know. And then he came up, the interest was like 12 minutes, you know, it took a very long time. And a buddy of mine looked at, at Holt McKelleny, you know, the guy from uh, Mindhunter, the actor. And he goes, you better be good. You, you know, it's the first thing he said. Yeah. And it was like a 12-second knockout. <laughs> and the guy, got, he got drilled. I mean, he did not move for like four minutes straight. There was no movement in this guy whatsoever. And that's why I always say, don't do those antics. Oh, you know, elbow backfire. You put way too much pressure on yourself. Yeah, especially if you have to carry that shit back out of the <laughs> cage. Holy like whatever you walked in with, holy if it's a hat, whatever you got to put it back on. <laughs> yeah. You get knocked out. How fucking embarrassing. <laughs> Came in your hat. Yeah. Only Genki Sudo could get away with that from back in the day. Oh, so I'm throwing some old school references because boss is here. Yeah, uh, I love Genki. First time I, I put him in a fight in, in Japan in Pancras, yeah. he stands there with the fire distinguisher in his hand and, a, and some crazy light on his, on his head, like yeah. a police light. And I go, what are you doing? He says, don't worry about it. That's what I like to do. I like to do crazy. And then he came up and he starts spraying everybody with the freaking fire distinguisher. And re re he had that light on his head. And he became a superstar. Do you remember Genki Sudo? Or is that before your time, Dustin? No, I, th I think I, what was he, a 55 or? Uh, he was. Yeah, 55, yeah. Yeah, yeah. My buddy, uh, my coach Mike Brown actually fought him, I believe. Ah, and one of Boss Rusin's students, Dwayne Ludwig, beat him in the UFC. Well, they're both my students. Oh, Genki was I, also. I made Genki. I put him in his first Holy fight. Shit. Yeah. Within three months also, him, when he found out I was in, in America, he came from Japan to America to live in America to start training and he wanted to be a fighter. I did not know that. Yeah. What a, huh. what a small world. Yeah, that's why I didn't train anybody for that fight from ah. Dwayne. And I said, I'm going to step out here. You guys are going to have to figure it out yourself. That's the right thing to do. And uh, before we let you go, Dustin, when, when is uh, uh, Pettis Ferguson? That's uh, the Connor Carter. When is okay. it? What, you, what is your thoughts on uh, Pettis Ferguson? I think Pettis is going to pull off an upset, man. I Ooh. think Ferguson is coming coming back uh, too soon off of, of a serious injury. And um, just... Styles make fights, and I think I think you know Pettis is is a tough matchup for Tony. Were you surprised that when they offered him? Uh, I think they offered him uh, Habib in the Garden after uh, after uh, the, the uh, main uh, Ferguson fight fell apart, and he said no to it. Yeah, you know, uh, I think he wanted a certain number. Oh, it was, it was a money it comes thing. down to. Yeah, you wonder in those situations what what is the difference between what they were offering. And I had heard he wanted a million, and they didn't want to give him a million. But you wonder what were they offering him? Like no. how close? Yeah, nobody knows unless they're in that inner. Yeah, inner I'm curious though. But yeah, eh. would you have taken it on that kind of notice or no? If I was already on the card, yeah. Even if you hadn't trained for him, and you had trained for somebody completely the opposite. 
I probably would have took it. That's what Ray Janelle did. Yeah, he did. He was going to be fighting Paul Felder. You That's can't right. get more of an op, you know, more Muay Thai-based guy. Right. Had the fight could be, you know. And because the way Raging Al, who, how well he did. No, listen, that's weird to say. I, I'm going to say compared to what people thought. Right. Because he did lose maybe every, pretty, pretty much every round, whatever it was. But the fact that he's shown that he could survive and get away and get up and take some takedowns away. And I think that he gave a lot of people hope. But I'm not saying it's a false hope. But I'm just saying I think Raging Al is a lot harder to put away than people are or assuming, you know what I mean? So that's what another thing right. I think Connor's going to have to uh, deal with. I also think, and, and let me ask you this too. I, I've asked this about Connor before. Do, do you think the fact that there's so much pre-fight talking and antics, do you think guys go in and underestimate how hard he really hits and how accurately he punches? Uh, I mean, that's tough to say. I don't, I don't think so. I think people believe, you know, he, he's, He's shown it over and over again. People believe that he has power, that you know, that he has the power he does have. Um, but like Boss was saying, you just get blinded by the anger, and you don't you don't even think about that stuff when you're in there. Because you just want to finish it quickly. You just want to hurt the guy. All right. Well, thanks, man. This uh, I was surprised about this Diaz fight when they announced it. It's a, it's an incredible fight, um, and I, I you know the winner of you is probably going to get put up against the winner of uh, Conor Khabib unless. Uh, then again, Ferguson Pettis. Maybe whoever has a better fight, whether it's Ferguson Pettis or, or you and Nate, the winner of one of those two fights has to fight for the championship. Well, the second this fight was announced, I was ecstatic, man. Yeah. I'm just, I can't wait for this fight. So, Dustin, man, all the best, man. I, I mean, listen, I'm a, I'm, I, mean, I love the Diaz brothers. I'm, I love watching you fight. I'm really looking forward to this fight, man. Yep, me too. I appreciate it, man. It's going to be a hell of a fight. Say, all right, thank you, buddy. Say Good hello to, to your thug jitsu master. Say hello to uh, Eve, Eve for me. <laughs> I will. He's in the Bahamas right now. When he gets back, definitely. <laughs> all right. Support for UFC Unfiltered comes from our friends over at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. Let's talk about buying a home. It is an extremely stressful but important purchase, and it's one of the biggest events of your life. But today's fluctuating interest rates can leave you with unexpected higher payments, which can turn a great experience into an anxious one. That's why Quicken Loans created their exclusive power buying process. Here's how it works. They check your income, assets, credit. They give you a verified approval. This gives you the strength of a cash buyer, making your offer more attractive to sellers. Once verified, you qualify for their exclusive rate shield approval. They're going to lock your interest rate up for 90 days while you shop for your new home. Then once you've found it, if interest rates have gone up, your rate stays the same. But if rates have gone down, here's the beauty. You get to keep the lower rate. Either way, you win. It's the kind of thinking you'd expect from America's largest mortgage lender. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash unfiltered rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-day purchase transactions. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply based on Quicken Loans data in comparison to public data records. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. If they go to 165... I, well, they're not going to go to 162. Do they do any uh, off uh, weights like that? It just seems too odd a weight. Yeah, 162 will be 160. Well, I'll round it up. Come on, let's do something. Yeah, 165. I wish that was around when I was, you know, because at 155, I was, it was so hard for me. I was Gollum, even though I'm only 5'6", I'm right. just very wide. And, uh, and, and, and one, 170 wasn't bad for me to make, but I was, I'm 5'6". I'm up, you know, I was up to St. Pierre's uh, nipples. But, uh, so, was, you know, and then you got, you had, 
You get some look at look, guys now there, the fucking six three, whatever it is. Dude, I'm standing next to John Jones or, or, or Tito Ortiz or Chuck Liddell. I'm a midget. I'm the same weight class as they are. Actually, I mean, I'm, they're I'm a, a foot taller on us. It's crazy. <laughs> do you think they jump up though? I mean, do they do anything to bridge middle, middle and light heavyweight, or do they just put another a uh, 195 uh, division? Yeah, it'd have to be 195. But again, Dana's. I mean, he's talked about this so many times. Where he's like, I'm not doing this. Like, it's just going to dilute the the talent pool, you know. But then again, there's so many more fighters. I mean, you have yeah. so many more chances for championship fights. I mean, there's so many guys training now and coming up. I mean, there's a there's I'd a make it 235 for cruiserweight. I'm looking for something like that because I think the gap to 205 to 65 is way too big. Yeah, that's and, true. Yeah, and I think I like if you that. do over 230, whatever you do, something in the middle, I think you're going to have guys in both want both titles again. You know, you got yeah. guys 205 to step up and the, cut, the other guys cut down. I think it could be great. It's hard to find the... I know from doing looking for a fight, man, it's hard to fight, find a lot of big guys, man, the big heavyweights that are... Or up to par, man. Your comment, I, by the way, the boat model comment you made on uh, on looking for a fight. Do you remember? What boat model. Yeah, you, oh, no, you were on the boat. Oh, you with said Dana? with yeah, Dana. Yeah. I said you look like a boat model, <laughs> dude. Somehow that got me so hot. It's, it's so funny. A boss, you have to you have to sit in on one of those with us. It's such a fun time. Yeah. It's just oh, I'm so lucky to do that show because it's just I forget what I say because I don't I don't even think the camera's there. We just have a good time. Yeah. Me, him, and uh, our buddy. You know Dean Thomas? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We just have a fun time, break some jokes. Then when they put it together, I go, oh, they found some funny shit. Sometimes when they're done filming, I'm like, what are they going to use? And then I'm like, oh, okay, we were silly. <laughs> you know what That's I mean? That's what they use. Now, are you doing any more acting? I'm sure you are. I, mean, I loved you on uh, Kevin Ken Wait. I always say it wrong. How, no, Kevin Ken Wait. Kevin Ken Wait. He can wait. How many, how many episodes did you do? Were you in both seasons? Uh, yeah, I did 27, I think, in Holy total. Shit. Oh, you were really on the show. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The first, uh, first season, I did four and then 23, I think, in the last one or something like that. And who did you play? I played Rutger, and, uh, a guy who's a little <laughs> slow up there in the head, who was a guy from Holland. Uh, really nice guy, but everybody's kind of afraid. <clears throat> Kevin would say one of his lines was, Rutger is like a, a cir circus bear on a bike. You know, it's really funny to look at, but at any moment he can get off the bike yeah. and eat your head. You know, <laughs> so great. that was the vibe they had. It was, I, man, I love that show. Uh, it was so much fun to read the, the script. And then you realize how many jokes are in there. That's why those things in reruns work so well. Yeah. Because they're so, they throw so much at you. It's like watching Deadpool, right? Yeah. You watch it the second time, you discover a whole... Do you enjoy you, it, Deadpool? Oh, I love you Deadpool. see the second one? Yeah. yeah. you enjoy it? <laughs> yeah, for I sure. I enjoyed it also. I love that. Just watched it on the plane it. again coming over. So I, It's so much fun. You <gasps> see? Now do you believe me? I do they, believe you. I've never seen Deadpool. A, they think I'm a big, big kid. I am a big kid. But I, I talk a lot about comic book movies. I enjoy it very much. And you know, I grew up on comic books. Me and too. the Deadpool movies, I tell him it's not for it's it's fun. It's fun. It's it's more for grown-ups. I got three little girls. I can't take them to see Deadpool. Right. And one in the first one, he's getting pegged with a strap on. All right, yeah. great. So they stole my life. All right, I should sue Deadpool. <laughs> 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 oh wait listen I saw an interview when you were doing the um, you were interviewing Michael Bisping and I have to ask if this, you guys planned this I don't think you did because it was fucking awesome because yeah. Bisping I like Bisping everybody thinks he's a prick but he plays and he could be a, a, a really good prick he, he would, they were interviewing and all of a sudden he was getting stupid with Boss and I don't know I'm going to ask you if this was real or not please don't tell me yet he was he was being a real dick to Boss just being a dick to him and say, so you see Boss and, uh, just starting to almost lose his cool, starting chewing his gum or whatever it was. They, and then all of a sudden he comes back into frame and uh, Michael Bisping and they started going out a little more and he holds up an April Fool's fucking thing. Right or wrong? You're 100% yeah. right. Was that, was, was that legit? 
It was legit. No, no, no. It was it was all the setup. Ah! And I, I and I told him I said, Hold on. Michael, make sure. <laughs> <laughs> I I fucking fell for that. Everybody, man, the internet He's blew up. He's a good actor. Up. He's a good fucking yeah. actor. But Michael also, and I told him, I said, listen, if we start doing this, I said, I, I give you a little dig. I said, but don't start reacting. Don't go over the top. Get very slow. Go a little harder, a little harder. And so we go both. At, and then we, you know, we start eventually. Oh, and we started screaming at each other. And then he pulled out the April Fool's Day. And when he did that, still people were going, my God, this was real. Dude, so, uh, yeah, hey, you got good. me. Mother, they both had, you know what I just realized? Yeah. That fucking Bisping's doing the goddamn acting too. They yeah, got, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I, this is for me. This is for me. I suck. No, you know. How did I not? No. I, You're just an eager boy. I got so excited. I go, oh, sweet I go, boy. And I'm, and I'm watching it and I'm like, oh, let me tell you, boss is the real, wait, wait what, what happened if boss runs into him? Boss is going to fucking bomb strike him. <laughs> He's going to bomb strike him. And then it was a big joke. And not only was it a joke, it's a joke on me because the whole thing was a fucking... Well, it's like when you fought with Tony Ferguson, you know. No, no that was fucking... That was actually 100% real. Yeah. They played a joke on me, a boss, where we were waiting for Tony Ferguson to call. He went to go use the bathroom, Jimmy, and... And he called me from the bathroom, pretending he was Tony. He was being disrespectful. I thought it was fucking Tony. So I started trying to keep my cool. And then I started getting annoyed. And anyway, yeah. it, it fucking had a lot of hits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People uh, enjoy. So instead of me setting it, instead of us being like uh, real acting and professionals and, and setting up a good... No, it was 100% real, and I was just a jerk. I just couldn't believe he fell for it. I was, I was doing like a little kid when they call their parents. They're going to, oh, hey, this is Tony. And he being, <laughs> but, then he started, but then he started being real rude. Like, all right, yeah, next question. And he was just, and he, I don't know, you were doing pretty good. Yeah. You know? And then I seen Tony, and he goes, hey, you know, I go, of course. I go, Tony, every time I see you now, I feel like I, I have something against you, and it wasn't even you. We fucking. But anyway, you got me with that thing, dude. Boom. Good, good. Oscar <laughs> performance be, right you're there. You're a good actor, man. <laughs> Fuck. Did anybody, anybody, did you get it? Did, pull, did anybody else think that was real? Oh, yeah, a lot of people. I mean, my Twitter went nuts. Everybody goes, man, you got to beat him up and have that guy. And do, <laughs> well, you know, I'm glad so, yeah. we cleared that up. I'm just an ass, and these guys are good. Michael Bisping, good actor, buddy. You know, he, I wanted to do it for, for real against Mike, but I know him. And yeah. I, I thought that was going to go horribly wrong because he'll he'll go all, you know, he will start firing back. So I oh. said, what am I going to do? You just, because it's April Fool's, this was a Friday inside MMA on Friday, April 1st. I said, we, we have to do it, you know, and this was in my mind for a long time to do something with Michael because you remember he gets really angry about the fact, you know, when he, and he didn't spit at his corner. He, you remember? And he spat on the floor, but he didn't spit at the people. And But I, if I, I asked him in the past, he would get aggravated about that's it. So that's did. why I called him. I said, listen, I'm going to start about the spitting again and then good. you're going to start you know Jimmy, so I, well I know done. some really creepy shit that you did boss over oh, back in Amsterdam oh, yeah, and like, I heard about your <laughs> my old business was, that's why he threw me up because he's from Amsterdam you know sure. and you know you ever see like Austin Powers like I'm from Am I'm from Holland isn't it weird I don't know you ever see that fucking yeah show? of that course I love Austin Powers <laughs> fucking, so he's like yeah I heard about some freaky shit with you over in Amsterdam <laughs> <Yeah>. and boss <laughs> is I don't know it was just it was really good you gotta look that have you gone window shopping in Amsterdam Yes. No. You no. know, you want to oh. hear, hear a funny story? 100% truth what I'm going to say right now. So everything is true. So don't. I'm going, I take my wife. We, when we met, I know in her 28 years, the first time we went to Amsterdam. And I said, you know, we should visit the red light district. Because everybody thinks if you live in Holland that you go there every sure. week. It's not. You know, you go there once every couple of years or so. Maybe if you. So uh, we go to the red light district. You're walking through the red light district. Yeah. I'm, I swear, these girls start knocking on the window. and They go, hey, boss. And my wife uh, looks at me and she's, are you serious? I go, 
I swear to God, I have no clue how this is possible. Now, what happened was, one of the fighters that fought with me on the card one time in, in, uh, in, in Japan, he's a pimp in all, which is a legal job in all that, actually, because everybody gets tested there because yeah. of the tourist, tourism there. Yeah. And he was fighting with me, so he came home, and he brought the magazines in there with him in it, and he said, this is my buddy, boss. Look, he's doing really well over there. And these girls recognized me. We tried to explain that to your girlfriend at the time. On a date, For yeah. the first time, and they're knocking on the windows, these prostitutes going, hey, boss, how are you doing? Yeah, that was a hard one. <laughs> It's funny. I went. I went window shopping in Amsterdam. I didn't do anything though. I just looked around. And it's uh, amazing, right? It's you incredible. see women that you would never expect. Like the, you got the the girl and the uh, you know the book girl with the ponytail and the nice yeah. sweater. And uh, you know, I mean, you got every. You look at them and you go, "How many oh. guilders?" Oh, I'm sorry. That's not what you said. <laughs> no. Do you know where I also went to? Is in Belgium. They have Antwerp. Oh. I think I was in Antwerp, and, and they uh, and they had a nice little. I, I didn't know they even had a red light district there, but it was really cool. Oh, it's, they have it everywhere. Yeah, it's seedy, but there was a police department right in the middle of it. Yeah, like there was really a police station right there, so it felt safe. Yeah, <laughs> it felt safe. It really did. Yeah, like it didn't feel like there was gonna be any crime. Yeah, no. no, they don't because it's tourism. You know, that's the same in Amsterdam. They will. They, nothing will happen if you want to go to Holland and visit. Yes, go Amsterdam. There's the most to see, and it's super safe because there's a lot of cops. I like that they have weed bars there. You just walk in. Yeah. They did, yeah. It's called a coffee it's by shop. Hash, whatever, ah, yeah. nice coffee, coffee shop. shop. Yeah, we need that over here. Well, we're gonna get that here. I can't wait. I'm sure we will. It will come. I'm Dutch 100%. at heart. My first cousin lives in Dutch. Uh, lives in Dutch. He's Dutch. He's a. Uh, my first cousin lives in Amsterdam. I went over there to Holland. I visited uh, Remco Pardo. Oh yeah, yeah. As, uh, 23 years old, me and my Brazilian buddy, we did a, a, a little class over there. That was wild. We took the Euro train from Amsterdam to Paris and then to London, and that's why I get super afraid. And what really freaks me out that movie Hostile because that could have been me. Hostile. Hostile, 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 not hostile. Yeah. I'm hostile. But at hostile, if I was on that Euro train at 23 and some guy came up to me showing me pictures, hey man, they love Americans here. I'd be like, I want to go there. Yeah. And next thing you know, my Achilles heel's getting sure. ripped out. Yeah. That's a freaky movie, right? That was, oof. I didn't like the second one, but they, they should have ended with that first one. That Is that was, how they would keep it there to cut the Achilles? No, one guy did that shit and he goes, oh, you can leave. And he goes, oh, I can. He gets off and he cut his things and he went to walk and he fell and. It was just that was just disturbing, no, boss. It's very disturbing. Yeah, that's one of my fears. Can you imagine that happens to you? There's nothing you can do. You're on your knees. You literally you're gonna have to fight from there. Now, thankfully, well, can you pull guard? I don't know if yeah. you can even pull guard. You know what I just realized? We did not. You guys these T-shirts. Can you tell? Oh us yeah, we what didn't promote. What you're here to promote. I want oh, to promote that. Oh yes. And by the way, is this a large? Because I lost a little weight, boss. I don't know if you know. It's uh, yeah. We were talking about it's that. A, so we said give him a double XL. No, no. I think <laughs> it's an XL probably. I that's don't know. fine. It's a large and an XL. I, I think. Like it. I like is there a large and an XL? I think so. You have to. You should you probably have to take look the XL. I don't know. Yeah. What is that? XL. What is yours? That's an XL? What is yours? Mine's uh, an, L, an XL. Oh, not an XL. Oh, an XL. Okay. okay. Well, right. I don't get you. Then you can sleep in I it. I want it anyway. <laughs> They're both Mine XLs. Um, tell us, what is this about? Yeah, it's uh, tonight, guys. One World Observatory. That's the whole thing. That's the name. It's Thursday here, night? The Freedom it's a Thursday, Thursday night? Thursday night, yep. Thursday. And um, it's on the 102nd floor of the new Freedom Towers. Ah. And the view is freaking crazy. If you look out there, I'm going to go. Uh, I checked it out yesterday. It, it, it's really, it, it's something that's insane. That, you guys are fi they're, they're fighting up there. They have a pit there, and it's a really badass what pit. What kind if of you fighting it up, is it? It's karate.com. Everybody should go to karate.com and check out their website. It's free. People can watch it. It's on Fight Pass as Ooh. well. It's on a whole bunch of. Look at this. 
What look a how nice that is. And look at the pit. Oh, and wow. they can use those walls. They can run up against oh, the that. walls. Oh, wow. Man, it's, I'm, I'm oh, so stoked. full contact. Oh, that's... it's full contact, yep. Now, it's, it's, now, what are the rules with the striking? Now, the rules for the striking is, um, it's like Shotokan rules. And it's the same rules that are going to have at the 2020 Ooh. Olympics in Tokyo. The big difference is, this is full contact. The Olympics is not going to be full contact. So, there's a bunch of things that you can do and you can do. But, you know, it makes for a spectacular fight. Every show oh, has been great. I think we had like a 95% knockout rate. What are those? What gloves? Four ounces? It's four ounce gloves. Padding is only on the front. I mean, we have this crazy fight of this guy. I mean, he fought Josh Goyhagen and knocked him out with wow. a hook. Yeah, he's fighting the main event right now. It's you know, Abdallah Ibrahim is that uh, from Egypt. And, uh, and, and and Black Magic, this is a guy. I mean, Ooh. these, these well, guys are phenomenal athletes, multiple world champions uh, from in all weight classes. And I mean, it's no, it's really crazy. No takedowns allowed. No. Look, that's where it is. Is it? Wow. Look I at that. No, yeah, there's takedowns I allowed. Saw, I thought I saw that. Yeah, takedowns allowed. And as soon as there's a takedown, you can rain down striking for five seconds. Only punches. But the guy on the bottom can kick you in the face. He can do all that. There's no clinching, no nothing. No submissions. You got your five seconds, yeah. And then just you go to town. Wow. Referee puts you back up. Yeah, we see, we've seen fights being, being finished after a takedown. And then they start a punch. That's different than full contact karate. Oh, right? Yeah, yeah. The the Kyokushin karate is uh, like different. That's bare knuckle, you yeah. know, and that and but that's more fighting in a phone booth. You're 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 very close to each other and they throw low kicks, knees, everything from that position. This is nice and lengthy. It's very yeah. easy for the people at home to watch. You can see the technique, beautiful technique. Few things. Low kicks are not allowed, but low kicks to the to the calves are allowed. So there's also no knees. They try to stay away from uppercuts. And this way, everything is long. Yeah. Long hooks, long straight punches, long uh, kicks. And you have to get in a double leg if they want. And you can. Yeah. You can right away. You I can like shoot that, in Jimmy. there. And, yeah. how, and where can people see this? Um, Fight Pass. It's going to be on Fight Pass. Oh. And then it's go, go to karate.com. It will give you all the information right there if you go. And you can watch it on, on your app. You know, there's a karate.com uh, app. Uh, karate Combat, sorry, Karate Combat app. You just watch, you log in, and uh, you can stream it right from uh, wherever you are. You're you're going to be doing the commentary. I'm the commentary, yeah, with the Phoenix Carnavale. Oh, we know and, her. Yeah, yeah, we love Phoenix. Phoenix. <laughs> and Sean is going to be there. We got the whole uh, a whole f a bunch of fun people. Yeah, it's it's something, man. It's really something. Like the next show, I believe they want to go to Okinawa, and they're going to build oh. it into the beach, into the sand, that pit. And you've seen guys literally run up it like freaking Pettis, you know? Ah. And you, you can use that. You can use everything in that pit. A lot of these guys also now have a pit in their dojo. Look at that. Because, it's, of course, it's patented. But yeah. then they can work out on it and uh, use all the advantages that it gives them. Now how many, I'm sorry, you might have said it. How many events have there been of this? Is this I believe this is the fourth event. I like it. I yeah, like, it really I great. like the, uh, the we rules. Miami, yeah, we were in uh, Greece last time. I mean, crazy. Beautiful over there. All the fights ended in knockout. The last guy broke his shin, though. He was uh -huh. an open stance. One southpaw, one open stance, like we saw with Whiteman and Anderson, right? Silva. And, and he gives that inside leg kick, and I'm commentating. I said, he shouldn't do that. It's a very dangerous thing. He might get hurt. As soon as I said hurt, he kicked again, snapped in half. I hate that shit. Yeah. I, mean, not that, I mean, I don't know who likes it, but I just, I, I watching it, I was like, I, I just so cringy. And the guy was just <laughs> laying on the ground, like had no pain whatsoever. It was like, uh, oh, whatever. Uh, I'm good. He got up. Whoosh! <laughs> I go, okay, he's a real karate guy, I guess. Fuck, yeah. Super man. tough. 
Well, this that? looks really good. How many fights are on the card? I believe now we have 10. That's great. 10 fights. So it's a lot of fights and from every country. You cannot imagine, man. It's I mean, we're talking about Hungary, Brazil. We got we got Greece. We got the USA. We have uh, Morocco, yes. Turkey. I mean, I, th I believe it's 11 different countries are competing on one single card. That's wild, man. Well, I'll tell you, you're very busy with your post-fight career, don't you? Don't you? Yeah. Think? What do you like? Because you wear many hats here. You do. You were doing the the inside MMA forever, yeah, which I really enjoyed. Uh, the acting, the commentary. What is there anything you? enjoy doing more than the other? I mean, I know you love acting. I, I, I love acting. I lo but you know, this too. I mean, you know as well, it's commentating. It, it's, I love to go, every job that I had for the lot, after fighting, Yeah. every single job, I love. So I, I never Watch go to work. It's literally what they say. I'm just sitting there. If I'm sitting home and, and, and talk about yes. the fight, if I'm sitting there, it doesn't matter and I get paid for it. So it's, I love it. It's great to meet all these fighters. It brings me back all the way back to karate. All these guys are so respectful, you know, because that's the real karate spirit because they're multiple uh, times world champion and yeah. all different kinds of organizations. A lot of respect. And uh, I just love it. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, good luck, man. This looks really great. I wish I would know. Are there tickets available for people to actually go see it in person? Yeah, 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 yeah. I uh, tweeted yesterday also mm -hmm. some things out. So uh, start uh, looking on Twitter and see what you can find. What a great location, too. What a great place to go for a fight. I didn't realize they were doing them up there. That's a smart way to use that space. That's mm -hmm. a, just a great yeah. place to go for a fight. No clue how we, how we got that, right? What That's a, awesome. What man. a great That's spot amazing. that is. Yeah. Well, it was really fun having you in. I yeah, mean, for sure, uh, you man. Know. Anytime you're in New York, please. We'd love on to have you again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll probably be here one more. Uh, at the end of the year, right? We have the Professional Fighters League. You are welcome to come back in. Five different, six different trade classes. I would love that. Yeah. You know, I see. That's when I seen you last. I was with my wife, uh, Eddie Gordon Ford, over there. Yep. I ran into you. Boss is. You know, Boss hasn't fought for a minute, but let me tell you something. He's still getting hounded for the autographs. Of course. I'm with my wife walking by. I'm like, who's this fancy pants? It's Boss! I got so excited <laughs> hugging him. Sometimes I feel like I'm closer to people than I am. I don't know if he likes it. I, I feel like I know Boss by now, but I'm just going up hugging him. He's probably like, what are you doing? Fighters are like, a good guy, dude. They <laughs> go all the way back. <laughs> but you know fighters. Like, it's like fighters are like a, a comedian. If yeah. I meet a comedian, I'll assume that he knows me. It's humiliating when they don't. Yeah. Ah! And they're like, who the fuck are you? I'm so. happy he didn't, he didn't embarrass me for my wife. Like, Get away from me, little guy. Yeah. He was nice to me in front of no, my No, but wife. you know, you know it's, it's, yeah. it's, I guess you guys, uh, you, you hope that they all know. Anyone that doesn't know Matt Sarah or Boss Rutten is crazy anyway. So. No, I think so, too. I Boss, know. thank you so much. Anything You're else you want to promote? Any no, everything. You know, I, I, if I throw it out anyway, yes. o2trainer.com. This is a device I invented when I was a kid, an asthma patient. At 14 years of age, I finally started making it. Until now, we have a 100% cure rate. Like, literally, people do it two, three weeks, do not have asthma anymore. Oh, so shit. now, medically, I cannot say it medically. I can only say the results, whatever. Within two or uh, three weeks, it was gone with me. You can only imagine what it does to healthy lungs you know so you get more power more in you're going to be uh, bigger lungs it, it trains your inspiratory system O2 trainer yeah, Usain Bolt even is working out uh, with his inspiratory muscle training and three other gold medalists I mean I met this scientist who wrote a really bad review about my competition I asked my manager try to find that guy who wrote the article and tell him that I want to set my O2 trainer he called him and he says hey I'm representing Boss Rutten he says Boss Rutten O2 trainer he says we're already using that and now this guy is super smart he's like a higher IQ than 
than uh, Einstein had. He's very known in the strength and conditioning world, and uh, he had like 18 published medical journals already on it. So now I have all the proof what it does for you, and it's it's just really amazing. I'm how, doing how do everything. you use it? You use it. I do thirty. I will. I do forty, but that's me. But you only have to do thirty repetitions a day. Uh, you lean over while you're doing it. If you go back, if uh, I don't know if they see this at home, but if you go back to the main page and then you click on the. Um, on that breathing technique video, then you see how you have to do it. But that's literally what you have to do. 30 repetitions in the morning. Now, check this out. If you have six weeks, you do it two times a day, six weeks, it takes care of all your lactic acid in your core. That will do more for you than an illegal drug like EPO. I mean, everything is going to stay relaxed because people don't realize once your muscles start pumping, that's why you mix martial arts, you get so tired because your muscles start pumping just like your biceps, right? Yeah. Now they don't pump to the front, also to the back. And behind are your lungs. So now you're closing the space inside. This will take care of all of that. It will, you can, can increase, inhale more so you can pull more air in. I'm, I'm going to try this because my breathing stinks. I have apnea. I'm always tired in the gym yeah. doing the most basic things no matter how much I sleep. And so part of it, I always feel like I'm not getting enough oxygen. I'm I feel like I'm not it, breathing right. I'm going to get it for my wife because she's been doing a lot of the kickboxing and she has the asthma and she's been doing better with that, but that will help out with that. 100%. I'll send you one. You know, you just give me an error. I'll send you one. The thing uh, is this, though. It it's, takes about four minutes and everybody's laughing. They go, like, oh, four minutes, I'll do it every day. You're not going to do it every day because it's a workout. You will start sweating. You see my core is getting <clears> all to the front now. Look, my, my app's coming to the front. Still it's all it. because I'm pulling out. I'm pulling that air in a different way in. You train your muscles a right. different way. My abs are getting thicker. It's really weird. I never do a sit-up once, ever. So it's the only thing that I'm doing. But two times a day for six weeks, then you can maintain it by doing it one time a day. Your wife, just yeah. one time a day, and she'll be in two weeks, three weeks, it's going to be gone. Do. I do my dick pump twice a day for 10 yeah. minutes each pop. That's I an important one too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the, the best thing is, if you work out every day, I would say just do it before you work out because it's a great way to work more because you start sweating you know it's 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 a tough it's a workout it's a core workout so it's not just for the people with the asthma it's for anybody for anybody you know scuba divers singers your voice and it's so funny i have this private uh, facebook group it's called boss with the o2 training boot camp and uh, and they say what are the results and one one of these guys was writing he said well people are going to tell you that you're obnoxious loud and i started laughing because that's how i figured out that my voice got stronger i was training with the prototype and in restaurants my wife would say all the time Boss, keep your voice down. Keep your, I say, I'm not speaking loud. I'm not speaking loud. But it empowers your voice. You get such a powerful voice Maybe because you make it all stronger. I have an, 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 a review from the, the Eagle, uh, from the Eagle sax player who's with them for 17 years. He wrote a review that has longer, stronger notes now. I mean, well, it's crazy. The Special Air Force Service wrote a review. I don't even know these guys. So It's perfect timing it because I've been singing a lot more on this show. You're going to be so great. Everybody's going to hear you in the show. Oh, now you're going to open the windows. Now I'm going to open, open the windows. Now, now I'm going to jump gonna, out. They're going to finally <laughs> hear me when I'm in the corner. This is amazing. Boss, thank you, man. Boss, Thank you. Jimmy, anything to plug? Um, I got gigs in San Antonio and in Houston coming up in October. I also have Seattle. I have... A bunch of other places. I have uh, Maryland and I have New York here in November. So just go to my website for uh, details. I have tickets on sale now. That's all. I have nothing else to add. I have nothing else to add. Be nothing. kind to people. Practice some martial arts. Goodbye, people. Thank you, boss. It was great. Thank you, great. boss. Whoop, whoop. Escape to Ocean City, Maryland, and discover a place that just feels lighter, where 
Every day feels like Saturday, and French fries are a food group. Where flip-flops are always in fashion, and seafood is always in season. Where the boardwalk is bustling, and the beach is right outside your door. Where you can rise with the tide, and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland. Somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.